What's going on, Devil fans? Welcome to the Trap Podcast. Boy, I have missed talking to all of you guys. It's been a couple weeks now. My name is Bill Botch. I hope everybody has gotten their summers off to a good start. And I tell you who's off to a real hot start this summer. It's our boy Tommy Fitz. Tommy Fitzgerald and the New Jersey Devils are getting shit done. And I love it. I hope you guys are all doing well. It's been a while. Um, and it's great to it's great to be back talking Devils hockey with you guys. It took a couple of weeks off. Um I'm in a I'm in a seasonal business, so the summer's kind of harder for me to record. Um, but here we are. The Devils have had a really good summer so far, and we'll start from the beginning. Uh, Damon Severson. So, you know, one of the things that I really admired about this team and Tommy Fitzgerald and the way that he has managed the, his his team so far is what he's able to get out of his assets. So you have to realize that every single player on your team has value in one way or another. So we knew that the Devils were not going to be able to sign Severson. Um, just the timeline, the money that he was expecting, it just didn't align with the future of the team. And it's a shame because Severson put in a ton of good years here. He was consistently asked to play in a role that was over his head. He was a second-round pick. For majority of his young career, he was forced to play uh, um on the top pairing, on the right side, on a team that really, uh, te- teams that really um, did not have solid goaltending. There was no team around him. And it led to him being exposed, but n- not to his fault. You know what I mean? Like, I think Severson is a, is a solid defenseman. And when he played last year, you saw him play as a, as a third pairing or a second pairing defenseman on the right side. He is very solid. You knew he was going to, get a serious uh, pay increase. And sure enough, Tom Fitzgerald does the second ever sign and trade with the Columbus Blue Jackets, which affords Damon to get that extra eighth year on the contract. So when you're signing with your existing team, you're able to get an eight-year deal. If you're unrestricted free agent, you get the seven-year deal. The extra year was obviously important to Severson. And he gets shipped in the division off to Columbus. Now, you know, it's not very rare that you see a trade with a a good player in the division. But um, I think the Devils kind of owed that to Severson. But also, Tom Fitzgerald probably knew that Columbus was going to be in very heavily on Severson once he hit the free, uh, free agent market. So you're better off receiving an, uh, an asset or a pick <coughs> for the player if you're going to watch him walk anyway. So um, to get a third-round pick out of a player that you knew was going to walk is, is a huge win for the team. And it just goes to show how you know, you're able to squeeze every last bit out of these players. And there are opportunities to continue to help build um, – an asset pool moving forward, even if guys are walking themselves into free agency. So that was a really smart move by Tom Fitzgerald. You know, I wish Severson the best. Uh, You know, it's very questionable to me as to 
why he wanted to go to Columbus. It's obviously a money thing. And I completely understand that these players have to do what's best for them and their family and their, um, their playing careers are short and anything can happen and you have to cash in when you have the opportunity. And I completely respect that and understand that. The way that I also look at it is, you know, Severson was on a rebuilding Devils team um, and, and did a lot of losing here. And like I said, kind of played in a position where he was asked to do too much and it really exposed him. And now he's going back to a team that's going to be in a rebuild. They don't have anything on the right-hand side. He's going to be playing as a top-pairing defenseman alongside Zach Wierenski, who I really like, but Wierenski's not the greatest defenseman uh, in his own zone. And I think you're going you're gonna to really put Severson in another situation where he may be playing over his head and... Um, and when you're paying a guy a lot of money like that, it's easy for a fan base to turn on you or wonder what the hell is going on when, you know, he, he's just punching out of his weight class. So uh, I kind of feel for him a little bit, but I'm happy to see him get the contract that he wanted. And um, and I'm also happy to see the Devils get a nice third round pick uh, in the in the process. You know, the Devils have had a good history of using some of those later round picks and turning them into into players, especially after we traded away multiple first round picks in the Meyer deal. We want to try to get as many picks as possible, especially with um, players that we know that are just going to walk away from the team anyway. So uh, I was happy with how Fitzgerald was able to, you know, use that sign and trade and, and get something for Severson. So that was how that was how the summer kind of started as far as uh, Tom Fitzgerald and, and asset management. And, you know, there was a lot of talk about everybody's talking about the Jesper Bratt and Timo Meyer contracts, which has been on Devils fans minds for a while now, going back into last season. We know the history with Bratt and his agent, and we know the history how, you know, they've slow rolled it. And obviously, the Bratt camp thinks that they were worth uh, a, a lot of money, which you know, part of me agrees with, and then part of me sees it from the other side where it's kind of dragged on a little too long and they seem like they're very difficult to deal with. And it was getting very frustrating for a lot of fans. So he's a very polarizing figure amongst our fan base. I think everybody likes Jesper Bratt as a hockey player. He's definitely extremely talented and puts up a ton of points and is a core part of our team um you know you, you think about the Heischer draft and how he came in with Nico and that was really the the start of this entire rebuild was with that Heischer draft but to get this deal done really it puts it just you know it takes any kind of anxiety or animosity or any of the bullshit that has surrounded Jesper Bratt and just kind of puts everything to bed and allows the team and the player and the fan base to just look forward at the future and think about winning, think about playing hockey, and we can get into the deal. And I, I just really like the deal. Like, I think the deal was completely fair. Elliot Friedman brought up on the 32 Thoughts podcast that he thinks that Tom Fitzgerald came out and basically said, listen, 
I need a commitment from you guys. Here's the deal. You guys can take it. But if you if this isn't what you guys are looking for, then we're going to put you on the trade market. And that might have been the final straw that made um, the brat camp kind of break. Who knows? But I think um, I think this entire time, Jesper Bratt has wanted to stay with this team. And I think I know that the the Devils upper management and Tom Fitzgerald wanted to make this work. But, you know, Fitzgerald has brought it up in multiple times. If everybody tries to squeeze every single penny out of every contract, we're not going to be able to surround our core players, our core team with um, role players who deserve a raise. And we have plenty of players that are going to be demanding raises coming up in the future. And obviously we have two stud defensemen on our back end who are going to need contracts down the road. I think, you know, being able to fill some of your bottom six or even a, a six or a seventh defenseman role players um, and having that extra cap space because teams, because players were able to take team friendly deals goes a long way. So the deal comes out to eight years, $63 million. Um, what's funny is that for a while, it sounded like Brat wanted a short-term deal. I was predicting a five-year deal that would lead him into unrestricted free agency and allow him to really go out and try to get another big contract. And um, there had been talks that Fitzgerald had offered him uh, the max term deal and he'd offered him a short term deal and to see that Brat takes the the eight year deal I think that and the and the way that the deal is structured to me is very important it's front loaded so while the devils have a little more cap space right now he's going to eat up some of that cap, uh, that deal and then as the years go on the the um, average annual salary goes down a bit which we'll be signing Nemitz, we'll be signing Luke Hughes, you know, if Schmid becomes our franchise goalie, and it's going to open up some cap space for the future. So I think that the way that the deal is structured is very important and, um, and definitely lends itself to the Devils' future. It was good to see that Brat wanted to be here for the, the max term, and um, at that 7.875, I believe it was, it keeps him under the Jack Hughes contract, which I, you know, I thought that, and we know that Tom Fitzgerald and the Devils organization has wanted to keep everything under the Hughes contract. And realistically, like, that's not going to be possible, especially when it comes to Timo Meyer. But you, there's going to be people that demand more money because they're, they're worth more money. Just because um, Jack signed this really team-friendly deal doesn't mean that um, that other players aren't going to be worth as much, but they're trying to keep everybody around that $8 million range. Um, so I didn't think Brat was worth more than $8 million. I think his camp did. I was hope, I kind of was hoping that it was going to be under eight. And sure enough, they come in at 7.875. And I think that that is a very fair deal for both sides and that both should be happy as the cap, as the salary cap continues to go up moving forward, it's only going to look better. And now you have Heischer, Hughes, Jesper Bratt, Dougie Hamilton, all locked up long term. 
And I think it really starts to set a good precedent as to the Devils are the real deal and they have these core players locked up, team-friendly deals for everybody, and the salary cap's going to continue to go up and it's going to allow the Devils to really build a team around these guys. Very exciting. So um, I'm really happy for, for Jesper Bratt and I'm happy for the fan base to really put this behind them and we could just worry about you know, enjoy watching Jesper Bratt succeed and not have to worry about what his contract's going to look like if he puts up 35 goals or if he scores 40 goals or he has a 100-point season. Are we going to have to worry about if we're going to be able to keep him or not? All of that is behind us. And a lot of people had a problem with the way that Jesper Bratt performed in the playoffs. They thought that that might affect the kind of money that he would see. But the truth is there's a lot of people on our team that did not live up to their expectation in the playoffs. It was the Devils' first exposure and their first um, their first go of it in the playoffs, and I think they had a lot to learn. And I think that Tom Fitzgerald realizes, you know, there are certain people that got exposed, and one of them is a Yegor Sharangovich who was in the news this week as well. Elliot Friedman brought him up and said that it looks like the Devils might be shopping, uh, might be shopping Sharangovich and looking for a trade partner. Sharon Govich is a guy who clearly um, is able to put the puck in the back of the net. And I've talked about him multiple times on this podcast, and I, he was a good feel-good story. There's no doubt about it. But the Devils are in a position to where we are trying to build a Stanley Cup team. And uh, honestly, every single player that is on this roster moving forward is going to have to have a purpose and is going to have to really be an impact player in one way or another. Sharon Govich is a little one-dimensional, so it, unless he's scoring goals, he's really just not a heavy player. He he has a lot of deficiencies. Um, he's also going to get paid because he does put up points. He, he can be a 25-goal 20, scorer if he's slotted in the right position. The problem is, in order for him to be successful, he has to play alongside Jack Hughes. And he's not a top six player on a Stanley Cup team. And he's not a fourth line player either, which means he's a third line player. And there's a lot of options that the Devils can put into that third line situation wing without having to pay the kind of money that Yegor Sharangovich might demand. So after his playoff performance and the way that he finished the season last year, he has been on a regression for multiple seasons now. It's been two seasons he's regressed after his after his rookie breakout season. And if the Devils are able to trade him away and get, I don't know, maybe a third-round pick for him, I think that that would be a nice move from Tom Fitzgerald as well. The truth is that third line is going to need a rehaul, which we've talked about in previous episodes. I think that Hall is going to play at center. And then you start to look at who's going to be out there for the Devils to try to go after or who is going to come from within and move themselves and fight for a roster spot. You know, there's a couple guys that I know that the Devils have their eye on that Devils fans have been talking about. And I'm not even talking about the third role, but I'm just talking about getting bigger. You look at the playoffs this year and you look at the Golden Knights and how heavy and how physical they played. Let's be real. If the Devils were playing the Golden Knights, we would have got tossed around. 
playoff hockey, especially to get to that finals or in that Eastern Conference finals, to get into those rounds, you need to be tough and you need to be heavy and play very hard. Um, and the Devils don't have that kind of size right now. They were big on the back end, but as far as forwards go and forechecking and playing below the goal line and along the boards, um, that's not the way our team is built. And I think that moving forward, Tom Fitzgerald is going to build this team strictly for the playoffs. He likes big guys. He likes thick guys. And um, you look at somebody like a Tom Wilson, for instance, it looks like the the Capitals are about to go for a rebuild. They're about to move some of their assets. Tom Wilson is a guy who, very polarizing, obviously, but um, he's 29 years old, six foot four, 220 pound right winger. He's a guy that the Devils might be able to take a look at. He's getting paid five and a half million dollars, roughly. I don't know what his next contract is going to look like. He missed some time last year with an injury. He only played in 33 games, but he is a clear impact player, and he's the kind of player that would definitely make a difference in the playoffs, um, and he would add a, just a, another dimension to our team that we don't have. Now, he's like he's like as high as it gets when it comes to being a thick, physical uh, winger that could play on in your top six. Like He's good enough to play in the top six. That's the whole problem. A lot of these big guys who are heavy – they don't have the skill set to 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 play with really talented young fast players. But Tom Wilson is a guy who can, and another guy is obviously Ivan Barbashev. Barbashev looked amazing in the playoffs. He's a guy who don't get me wrong, he he was respected uh, amongst the league, but the way that he played in the playoffs really put him on another level. Friedman had brought up that his contract, there's no way that Vegas wants to keep him. They're not going to be able to, and he's going to demand a lot of money after this playoff performance. Um, he thinks that a team is willing to give him an eight-year deal. Barbashev is younger. He's like 26 years old, I believe, or 24. Nope, he's 27 years old. He's six foot one, 200 pounds. And, I mean, that hit that he had on Radko Gudis was like the hit heard around the world. He really, to knock Gudis out, Gudis is obviously a tough guy, but... I think that if the Devils went after Barbashev, you might be overpaying for him based upon his recent success. So if I were if I were Tom Fitzgerald, I would start to kind of scour the league and look for players that play a very similar type of game to a Barbashev or to a Tom Wilson, where they're very physical but still have a skill set, can play in front of the net, and can play in your top six to play alongside Heischer or Hughes moving forward. <coughs> Obviously... We have a guy that can play like that, and that's our boy Timo Meyer. And after um, the the Jesper Bratt signing, the news came out that Timo Meyer, Tom Fitzgerald, in a press conference said that Timo Meyer has stated that he wants to play for the Devils for the next eight years, and has reached out to his agent and told his agent to get a deal done, max term. And that is music to Devils fans' ears. He's a guy that you didn't know what he was going to demand. His um, his press conference when the Devils' season was over and the locker clean-out, he 
he was pretty vague and he was pretty professional about the way he handled it. He wasn't too up or down. And you didn't know if he thought that New Jersey was the right spot for him. If he wanted to go test the free agent market, which he has every right to do, knowing that someone would pay him, you know, upwards of $9.5 million. Uh, and he's just a very rare talent. He, he's a very rare talent when it comes to NHL players nowadays. Now, if it was the 90s, there was a lot of players that played very similar to Timo Meyer, But nowadays, it's like for someone to have the size and the hands and the speed and the vision and the nastiness that Meyer plays with is is extremely rare. And um, the Devils are extremely fortunate. He was a guy where obviously the entire fan base was foaming at the mouth to get him during this season. And he comes over in a great trade where we didn't give up any of our top prospects. We, we, kept, on, we kept a hold on Alex Holtz. And we made the trade without the deal in place, which was a little nerve-wracking. But it looks like Meyer wants to get this deal done for eight years. This is where I feel like this deal can really, it would, it would be so big for this team if Timo takes a deal under $9 million. So to me, I think $9 million is fair. I think he can get 9.5, honestly, on the open market. And I think the Devils are in a situation where they traded away two first-rounders. They traded away Muka Madulin, Ohutuk, and, um, and Zetterlin. So we're kind of in a position, and I think obviously Claude Lemieux, his agent, knows this. We've forfeited a lot of assets to get this player. We can't really let him walk right now, so... If we wanted, if he wanted to, he could probably get over $9 million from the Devils just so, just so Tom Fitzgerald doesn't lose face. You know what I mean? Um, but on the other, the, the complete other side of that is if the Devils are able to get him for, let's say, $8.5 million, he's worth more than $8.5 million. But if the Devils were able to get him for $8 million and really actually keep that we don't want to pay anybody more than Jack Hughes thing real and get everyone to actually buy into that and do that when Timo is clearly worth more than $8 million, if you're able to keep it close to that $8 million mark, if it's 825 I think you set such a precedent for this team moving forward to where everybody on this team takes less money to build the right team correctly. And I think that Meyer is like the last piece to where if he does it, after Brat just did it, after Jack just did it, after Siegenthaler did it, Nico did it, I think there's enough core pieces there to where there's no one else that could really hold you hostage and be like, if you don't give me what I want, the Devils can say, all right, well, we'll let you walk or we'll trade you and we'll get assets for it. And that'll be a big deal when Luke Hughes is looking for money. And that'll be a big deal when Nemitz is looking for money. And the salary cap is going to continue to go up. And these deals are going to look better and better. I think that Fitzgerald putting it out there that Meyer has told his agent to get a deal done is favorable for the Devils. As a business standpoint, that's like leverage for the devils. Like, 
He wants to get something done. Let's get something done. Let's make something fair for both of us. So I think if the Devils get Meyer on an eight-year deal for anything less than $9 million is a win. But I think anything at 8.5 or lower, and then eight is like, eight would be, he would really be giving up a substantial amount of money to stay with this team. And I think it would be, it would speak volumes to the, to the devil's management. And it would speak volumes to the commitment and the goal that this entire, all the core pieces of this team have moving forward in creating a championship team. And I think it would allow the devils to really just build around them and be serious Stanley cup contenders for possibly the next decade. So I think this deal, and I don't know why I have like such a good feeling about it all of a sudden, but I think this deal is going to really speak. It's going to, it's going to speak volumes of what this core really believes in and what they see in themselves. You know, it's funny, like Vegas just posted their Stanley cup odds next year. Devils are, are 13 to one, which is one of the highest in the league. So you could tell that uh, Vegas believes in the Devils, and those guys are pretty spot on when it comes to, um, you know, the lines and being able to evaluate teams and talent and whatnot, player by player. You know, right now it looks like Tom Fitzgerald is really about to. He's gonna. He's. They're gonna get this Meyer deal done, regardless of what the price is, and then this is about winning a Stanley Cup. And when you're talking about winning a Stanley Cup, every single player on your roster has to be handpicked and has to be the perfect fit. You don't win a cup. You don't get to that level without every single piece being important and contributing. And that's why you can't have guys like a Sharon Govich, and it sucks to say, but like a Boquist who's just like kind of along for the ride and is kind of good and... Yeah, he does some nice things. You have to be a player that is hard to play against and plays well away from the puck and has attention to detail and sacrifices their body, plays good along the boards. Like You have to be well-rounded. And I think I'm, I'm looking at this team and I'm thinking – there's just a couple positions open that if you can find the right players to plug in, you know, a third line winger and uh, depending on what happens with the fourth line, a fourth line winger, you know, maybe a sixth or a seventh defenseman, depending on what happens, if Nemitz is going to start the season or not, the devils can really start to build something. The devils already have, but you can start finding the finishing touches to put onto a team that is ready to really take the next step in the playoffs. I think this year was a, a great learning experience. They're going to come into the season next year. They're going to have a little bit more pressure on them because people are going to expect them to make the playoffs. And it's going to be a learning season for a lot of these guys. You're going to have your back end is going to be very young. And the, the ball, Hughes, and Nemitz trio are, there's not a lot of experience there. And it's you're gonna you're you're gonna you're gonna make some mistakes. And I think if the Devils can get those guys some 
experience and still get into the playoffs next year with those guys in the lineup, it allows you to help them grow um, and have a, a, a development year while still uh, being successful as a team. You know, there's a part of me that thinks like next year, like next year is going to be a very big development year. Um, and I look at a guy like Alex Holtz, if you're going to play Nemitz on the back end next year and you're going to play Hughes on the back end next year, it's like you might as well just play Holtz too and let all these kids develop together and kind of not punt next year, but accept the fact that you're going to have some rookie mistakes and you're going to have some hurdles, but based upon the Metropolitan Division, there should still be no reason that this team with the talent that it has surrounding these young players shouldn't be able to at least get into the playoffs and then take it from there and try to figure out what you want to do from there, whether you want to add, you know, if you have to have Nemitz watch a couple games from the press boxes and put a veteran defenseman in there in the playoffs, that's one thing. But um, next year is going to be a development year. You should let some of the kids play and really figure out and understand who they are, especially Alex Holtz, who if you're not willing to give him a shot this year coming up, you have to trade him and get something for him so you could, you could plug one of these holes. There's no reason to have a, a seventh overall pick winger who could shoot the puck the way he can playing in the AHL for his, it'll be his fourth year. That doesn't make any sense. So you're either going to let the kid play and you're going to see what you have and know what you have with him, or you're going to trade him and you're going to get something back and you're going to be able to at least fill a spot. So Nolan Foote is another guy who, there's no reason they're very high on Nolan foot. He looks like a guy who could play third line. Like if he pans out and he can play the way and has a good camp, he could be a guy that could be fighting for a third line winger spot alongside Halla, or maybe even the fourth line winger. We saw him play in the fourth line last year in six games. And I thought he played pretty well, but um, it looks like Tom Fitzgerald is really about to start making some moves to, you know, really put the finishing touches on this core group. Um, that'll be, that'll be fighting for a Stanley cup for, for the near future. Uh, it's, it's just been really exciting. I, I can't really, I can't really express like how important I feel like this Meyer deal is. I think it's going to be 8.5, but if it's under nine, I'm going to be happy. And, uh, the rest of us should too. It's been, it's been crazy to see what, you know, the development and the growth of this team. You're going to have Dawson Mercer who's going to have a contract coming up too. And they said that they haven't talked to, to Mercer's camp yet, but you, you look at him and he's a guy that is definitely going to be a core piece. He's a guy that I thought was going to play better in the playoffs based upon the way that he plays the game, but he kind of fell off in the playoffs and disappeared a little bit. But like I said, there, you know, it was it was a lot of these kids first time playing in a playoff game. And I, I, I'm i OK with them learning, figuring it out and knowing what they have to do coming back, moving forward. Mercer's a guy who I think is going to be a very important part of this puzzle, especially when playoffs come in the future. Um, I'm curious to see what a deal with him looks like moving forward. Is Tom Control going to want to sign him? for an eight-year deal too and keep him around or is he going to try to maybe bridge him um 
but that's something that, you know, there's no rush into that. The, the devils could do that, you know, as the season starts. So, um, first things first, let's take care of Meyer. And then they're going to start doing some roster configuration. If they're able to get a pick for Sharon Govich, that would be, that would be huge. We got the draft coming up and then, uh, this UFA class does not look very good. Um, I don't want to see them spending, you know, a lot of, a lot of people bring up Ross Colton and Ross Colton fits the bill. He does. He fits. He looks like the type of guy that could fit on a third line and be a role player. And he does all the small things. There's no doubt about it, but let's be real. The devils have a love affair with Ross Colton because he grew up a devil's fan, a diehard devil's fan. And I love that. And that's great. And I would love to see a diehard devil's fan playing for the team that he grew up for, but you don't want to spend too much money. And at this point it's about, it's about managing your salary cap. And maybe if Colton was to take less money to play for the Devils because he was the team that he grew up loving, maybe that would be something. But I think he's going to get paid a little bit more than what he's worth. And I just don't want to get caught up in the whole Devils love affair thing when it comes to him. So um, we'll see. But either way, this has been an amazing week for the Devils. And... Uh, and I'm so happy to see that Jesper Bratt's going to be a devil for a long time and we're able to put all this bullshit behind us and move forward and just think about winning games and not worried about, you know, is it going to be another drag, you know, is it going to be another dragged out long contract dispute? So, um, you know, shout out to the Brat Pack. We're going to have him around for another eight years. So, uh, and, um, yeah, I hope everybody is having an amazing summer. I feel like it's been a little chilly. So uh, this weekend, it looks like it's going to be like 80 degrees. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. And it's it's uh, it's good talking with all you guys again. I miss, uh, I miss the devil's uh, camaraderie. I miss hockey already. But the offseason's here. And Tommy Fitzgerald's making moves. Thank you guys for listening to the Trap Podcast. I am your host, Bill Botch. I hope you guys are all well. And let's get this Meyer deal done and we'll talk soon, right? Have a good one. Peace. Summer